Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Catherine. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, I'm having a little, um, having a little dog issue that maybe uh, I can even crowdsource with the podcast. Belle, what's she doing? She's being a little bit of a jerk face. Uh-oh. Jerk yeah, face dogs are not fun to have around. So. I know. And she's, I mean, she's always been a little bit of a jerk face. Like, you know, she growls at other dogs and I don't really let people pet her because sometimes they get too in her face. But um, since in the last year, she's gotten a little bit worse. Like, I don't know. I think I told you the vet incident where we had to give her the the medicine to put her out. There was a whole drama like several months ago on the podcast. And, um, and they found out that she had had a broken leg um, when she, before I got her like, and it had never set. So they think now that she's getting older, there's some pain. Uh, um, but yeah, we're staying with my brother and sister-in-law and she's been like, um, like she grabs, she does like, and like growls and snaps, yeah. but she doesn't bite you. She just, but it scares my niece who's five. Yeah. Who of course is now like very, it's very dramatic. Um, and she also doesn't understand, like, she doesn't remember five minutes later like you know not to get near the dog and in her face and stuff so then it, the whole cycle continues so it culminated in like Lydia gets up really early so she was up at like five something one morning and Belle had gone downstairs which she doesn't usually do Lydia goes running downstairs and I think it scared Belle she was like asleep yeah. and so she like growled and snapped and Lydia screamed at the top of her lungs all of us like jumped out of bed my brother's like in his underwear because he had he's working these crazy shifts at the hospital. So anyway, if anybody has suggestions on what to do with my crotchety dog, I don't know if it's because she's good. She's in a little more pain. I've been giving her joint stuff or if it's because she's just been through a lot of transition in the last six weeks. Right. And like, we think maybe she was abused before I got her, which has been six years, but still there's maybe some old that can last, especially when there's the the trauma of the move. Yeah. 
So I'm crowdsourcing my dog because I'm leaving her with my brother and sister-in-law for almost three weeks while I go on this road trip. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe going to order some CBD to try to calm her down. Although the calming protocol did not work for the vet. And they, after they gave her all the calming protocol, they had to like still give her the shot. So I don't know. I'm sorry. Dog people send me your suggestions. Yep. Get him, get him to Catherine. Cause that's, that's a hard one. So, cause you love both. You love your niece and you love your dog. So. Yeah. I really love my dog. I know you do. (laughs) I have to tell you something. Okay. I can't Um, wait to hear. My niece, Evelyn Joy is super interested in um, hosting a podcast for her career. Yes. So how old is she? She's uh, eight. So we had to have a, she called me the other day about hosting. She wants to learn how to host a podcast. So I really want to see if we can have her on. We have to have the right, the right guest, but if we have her on to help host a podcast one time, because I think she would just be over at the moon. Um, We should totally do it. And we also, I prepped her to, she's, she's planning on, she wants to try one on her own too. So she's going to interview my mom, her grandma. So she read one of my mom's books that she wrote and prepped 11 questions for my mother about the book. So I love it. Does she listen to you on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And the big thing is Evelyn does not like to wear clothes. She comes home from school and is immediately in her underwear. Like that's, that's this kid. Um, and her aunt Christy is very similar. I come home and immediately put on my big old baggy pajamas. Cause I really, that's how I'm comfortable. So she told me, she's like, do you have to wear clothes when you're on these podcasts? I'm like, well, <laughs> nobody sees you. They just hear you. So she's determined that this is the perfect job for her because if she wanted to record someone naked, she could do that. <laughs> so. That is true. Unless she goes like the rich roll. Yeah, uh, like that shepherd route where she has yeah. people into her. Yeah, home. maybe she needs to just start with the audio part and then grow out of no the, video. this whole thing. No, but it's my brother called me immediately afterwards, going, "You, she, she thinks she can do this naked now." I'm like, "Well, you know." Anyway, that's amazing. Maybe maybe we need to have because there's some like um really cool uh like I saw there's a a, a young writer at Steamboat and then mm-hmm. you had a pretty young writer at SVT too or. Unbound. Unbound. Yeah. I'm really tired because I'm not sleeping because of the dog. Um, so uh maybe we do like a special kids episode. That could be fun. So that'd be fun. I would like to cook something other kids. When is bring your daughter to work day? Maybe it can be kind of like around that. Anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I thought you would appreciate it it. after our massive road trip. Yes, let's do this road trip. So if people don't know, so we still, it's still a couple of weeks away, but we're going to be at Leadville, at SBT, and at the last best ride. So yes, we've, we've got, we got a lot of places coming up. Yeah. We're going to see faces I'm excited. We're pretty excited about that. So. Yep. I'm working on, I'm working on seeing if I can score a piano or a keyboard for our guest today at SBT. So So man, we, we got like, 
the pianist professional professional pianist yeah. professional cyclist that combo it, yeah it's, emily emily newsom joins us today and uh it's another good conversation so yeah it's really fun like listening to her because she started got really into racing and found out she was pregnant and so she's like had like balanced pro racing in the women's peloton and motherhood we also talk a little bit about maple creamies so and I kind of went on that piano tangent, but clearly is interested. So. <laughs> My mom also made me take piano lessons, but I didn't add anything to it because I was like so bad at it. <laughs> I so. was good. Anyway, all right. Anyway, well, maybe we'll have a piano at SBT. And we already asked Emily if she's going to do one of our live interviews. But um, you can listen to our recorded interview with her right now. How was that for a transition? Hey friends, we don't want chafing to keep you on the sideline from riding your bike. So we're bringing you some good news about chamois butter. Chamois butter has come on as one of the sponsors of the girls Gone gravel podcast. They've been making chamois cream for over 30 years and they've got tons of five-star reviews. So if you have ever been to your bike shop, you've probably seen that iconic purple and yellow tube. There are several different versions, including the original, the pH neutral, her, tingly Euro style, which I'm very intrigued by, <laughs> and coconut with certified organic ingredients. They've got a special for our Girls Gone Gravel listeners. You can head over to chamoisbutter.com and you get free shipping on any orders of two tubes or more. They also have really fun limited edition merch, which I've got their cool chamois butter sweatshirt these things, I wear this sweatshirt all the time. It's one of my favorites to wear. It's very soft and very warm. I could say if you get any of their chamois butter gear, you will definitely stand out in a crowd. When we were at uh, an event a couple of years ago, a guy had a chamois butter kit on and everybody knew who he was. Like everybody was cheering for him. So if you want to stand out, go over, get your two tubes of chamois butter, get your free shipping, and then find some cool swag and merch. Yep. I think that sounds like a great idea. Christy, do you know one thing that I'm really sick of? What is that? All the freaking trends and that are coming out in wellness. Like, eat this, uh, avoid that. I don't even yeah. know where to start. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah. But we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you, have you yes. done your stuff? Yeah, I'm so stoked. Yeah. So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor and they're going to cut through all the noise and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized science-backed trackable action plans for how we should eat, age. We need that and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's The cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So, so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, and I think my favorite part is that they're not just gonna give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes, I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them, right? Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. 
you just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. Hey, Christy. Oh, hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I love how bright and cheerful our guest looks today in her yellow room. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know if this is too bright, but it's like really cal- like quiet in here. So I figured it was a good spot. Well, I, I really love the strong bang game. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. They're getting, they're getting a little out of control, but yours are your, yeah. I, mine aren't as quite as uh, strong as yours. I need to work on mine a little bit. Yeah. Oh, they look good. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, we've got Emily Newsom joining us today from, and you're out in, you're in Burlington, Vermont right now? Um, Waterbury, Vermont. Okay. Okay. Yep. There's all those little yeah. towns in there. I know. Yeah. It's, it's so pretty here though. Very idyllic. Just got here on uh, Tuesday, drove in from New York and it's been gorgeous. So fun. We went and reconned the course today. And that was, it's very, very pretty, has some type four roads that are very gnarly. (laughs) It went from like, like just serene, perfect gravel, like just lovely. And then you hit these cat four roads and it's like just rocks and super gnarly and downhill and uphill. It was hard, but it was really cool. Nice. nice. And you're, this is rooted that we're talking about. You're doing rooted Vermont this Mm -hmm. coming week. So it'll be this past weekend when the podcast comes out. Awesome. Um, Yeah. We'll get to be able to post your results with the podcast. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I'll keep that in my mind as I'm racing. I got to do good. (laughs) Who do you have your eye on for racing this weekend? I don't, I don't even know who I was racing it from the the elite field. Um, so Mo Wilson will be there. She just did BWR. Uh, yeah. BWR. And she did quite well. I think she got third. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, my teammates, Lauren and Emma. So, so far, like, those are kind of, I mean, obviously my teammates are on my radar, but definitely Mo is. Just Sarah will be here as well. She's always a solid rider. So, yeah, yeah it should be good. It's a good group. Yeah. Well, I'm really more interested in knowing how the party is at the end, because I <laughs> just feel like Laura and Ted can throw a party. Yeah, that's the feeling I'm getting so far too. Um, I'm hearing a lot about maple creamies, which I'm very excited to try. I've only I've tried his like the little packet of maple syrup. I ate that at Unbound. Actually, it was one of the things I could keep down when I was like a hundred miles in. <laughs> and, We'll get into your writing story in just a second, but on the maple creamies thing, when we were at Unbound, out Claire was helping do coverage, and they had the. Uh-huh truck you know and they had the maple creamy had the maple creamies I'm doing air quotes because their machine didn't work that they drove all the way from Vermont and Claire was like maple oh, creamies, maple creamies. No. so we kept going back to the truck and then so I think just for Claire maybe they went and bought an old TCBY machine and got it to work for the oh my Expo. gosh but Ted told me that the machine didn't even work in their trucks so they had to sell it Oh no! They were committed to getting maple creamies to people, and it was very delicious. That's Uh, awesome. Good for them. That's amazing. I never even got to try one because the line was so long, and I didn't have time to. That was me too. I I remember walking by, and it was hot outside, and I was like, "Oh, that looks so good." (laughs) But we'll just keep going, I guess. 
I think they saw us coming because we had been by so many times and they were like, we're just going to go ahead and make them their cones and have them ready. Ah, nice. <laughs> but then Claire was like, you know, that little kid, like little girl that's like trying to lick her ice cream cone before it melts. <laughs> like, it was just melting everywhere because it was so hot. So fun. But anyway, oh. but you, um, I'm sure that you will get, not have to worry about the long line this weekend and you'll yeah. get your creamy. I'm planning on it. <laughs> All right. Well, you're new to gravel-ish, but not new to cycling. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story of how you got into cycling? Yeah. So I guess after I graduated with my degree in piano performance, I had just hit a point where I was really burnt out, um, burnt out on academics, on the amount of time it took to be at the level I was. And then also feeling like I didn't know what the next step was and how to get where I wanted to be, which was to be a concert pianist. So I just started looking for something completely different to do. And I started running actually with just the local uh, leukemia foundation group. Um, They raised money for leukemia and I joined their group, complete newbie and trained for a marathon with them. Um, And that, like, I mean, it was my first introduction to running. So I was definitely, they were great, but I was a rookie and ended up after the marathon, I had like stress fractures and crazy big blisters. So I had to heal from that. But once I healed, I was pretty um, determined to be at a really high level. Uh, And along with that, I had just met my future husband. He's now my husband and he was a really fast runner and I really wanted him to notice me. And so far he hadn't really noticed me. So I was like, well, I just have to get fast so that he starts to know who I am. So that's what kind of that and just wanting to be good really motivated me to start training a lot. And I did get fast and he did notice me. And uh, we were together when I started just getting injury after injury um, from running like 80 to 90 miles a week. And my body just couldn't handle it. So I switched, well, I started cycling as, um, cross training and my husband was the one who noticed that I was just very natural at it and had a lot of talent for that discipline and suggested that, you know, this suits your body really well. You don't have to fight against all these injuries. Um, why don't you think about just riding your bike more and you can do it competitively. So that's where it started. And it took me a while because I was you know, I had my mind and my heart set on running. So it definitely took me a while to ease out of that and into cycling. But I think by 2014, I was all in. I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get really good. Um, and so I, yeah, I started to train a lot. I was doing probably about 20, 18 to 20 hours a week. And actually, so this is right after we got married and I started to get worse. Like, I couldn't figure it out. Like my workouts were getting worse. I felt horrible. Um, and finally, after this crit I did in town, I told my husband, I was like, James, I don't know what's happening. I can't keep up. I was getting dropped. And so the next day I, I just, this bell went off in my head and I was like, ah, I wonder. So the next day I went and got a pregnancy test and yeah, I was pregnant like by almost two months. So I was like, okay, well, that makes, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, why all of a sudden I'm getting really slow. So anyways, that put everything on hold for a while, for sure. Like I still train, but I just gradually got slower for the next nine months. Um, 
Yeah. So that's, that's how I got into it in the first, like the early part of cycling. That's, that's incredible. What's your daughter's name? It's Marika. Marika. Uh-huh. It's the Dutch name for Mary. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you I, know, what's cool. There is a sign like somewhere along the route that says Marika, Marika's perennial. It's like the first time I've ever seen her name anywhere. So I need to take a picture of it and send it to her because she's the one, you know, when you go to the gas station or whatever, and they have all the little keychains. her name's never there, you know, so I could be like, look, your name is here. It's, it's on a roadside. Well, you need to go to the gas station over there. Yes. In the Netherlands. Yes. <laughs> go to the Netherlands to go to the gas station. Exactly. So, was that, you were racing when you saw the sign, I take it? No, no this was just okay. today. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. Just today. I was like whoa, wait, look at that. That's crazy. Yeah. In, on the course? Vermont. Just, was it? Yeah, it's on the course. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's serendipity. I'm going to make everybody in my group stop and be like, wait, we need a picture <laughs> to stop. <laughs> and everybody behind us stop too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just wait for a second. Okay, guys. Maybe you need to grab that sign. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just dig it up. <laughs> if They'll the sign notice. is gone, you guys know what happened to it. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> and you're from, you're you live in Texas, correct? I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But now you you are racing as a pro athlete in the women's uh, in the women's. Are you racing the tour, the women's tours, or you're on a pro team? Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. So. 2018. So once I had Marika, I started racing, I think three months after I had her, I got back into racing and it took me a good year and a half to get to the point where I was able to sign with the pro team, but Tibco noticed me and signed me for 2018. And I've been with them ever since. Yeah, it's great. It's been a really good fit They're They work with me so well being a mom and not always being able to go for, you know, months. So between, you know, the director and the owner and me, we really work out a good schedule that works well. Does that, right. Cause you hear a lot of bad stories about the women's pro teams. So it's good to hear one that's getting the supporting motherhood. For sure. They've been nothing but supportive of me. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm so appreciative. It's been a really great experience. Has, has Marika gotten to go to any of the races? Yeah, especially um, before I was on the pro team, she definitely did because it was a bit easier than you don't have all your teammates with you and all the staff. Uh, it should be just my husband and her and I. Uh, in fact, like 2017, we took a trip that went from Texas to Tennessee, all the way up to BC, and then all the way back down to Texas. And it ended up being over 90 hours in the car over oh four weeks. And she was three, maybe two. And she did awesome. She was amazing. So she definitely had the race experience. And then now once in a while she'll go to, if it's more local, it's easier for me to bring her. Nice. Yeah. Do you still find time to play the piano? (laughs) I do. Yeah. You know, it's tricky. And I think sometimes it's not always, I do have time. You know, it's just making the time and sometimes I have a hard time splitting my focus. So I feel like emotionally and, and just this, yeah, the, the time and the emotional investment right now for me is in either being a mother or a cyclist. And then when I add in this other category that I'm also very emotionally invested in, it, sometimes I just, I feel like it's too much for me to take in. 
So uh, I haven't always been very good about scheduling that time, but um, I'm trying to, trying to make sure I sit down and just practice for a little while. And every time I do, I'm very thankful I do, because it's definitely an outlet for me that I don't get anywhere else. Maybe you should put a piano at the finish line. Just like, yeah, you could just like (laughs) play a few tunes. Just right like, it might sound a-, a little funky after 200 miles but well, you know we can give it a try i'm trying to think of like remembering when i took piano lessons as a kid and thought that i was just going i mean begged and begged and begged and begged and begged for a piano really and, and then hated it oh um and i'm bummed like my mom made me continue practice like taking lessons for so many years um, almost annoyingly. So like, you're the one that asked for this piano, you're taking lessons, which uh-huh. did not necessarily inspire me sort of more love for it, but yeah. I'm so bummed that I didn't stick with it. What, yeah. what, took, what got you to the piano and took you through to where you went and got, you know, have a degree in piano performance? Well, I, I remember always loving it. So like the first time I remember my first lesson, I was probably seven, really seven, and just instantly being completely fascinated with being able to create sound and the songs that I could create and could learn. So right away, I was very drawn in and I had some initially some really good teachers, which I think makes a huge difference is yes, you're, you want to be intrinsically motivated, but as a child, I mean, that you also need an inspiring teacher you know, who, well, will really guide you. So I had some really good teachers. um, And yeah, I just, I always loved it. I always loved the sound. I always was fascinated by different pieces and I would hear something and, oh man, I have to learn this. It's just so beautiful. Uh, And I definitely had a time like from age 13 to 16 where I I wanted to stop and I didn't want to do it anymore. And my mom who had let my brothers and sisters stop said, no, you can't. I was like, what? Like you let them stop, but you're not going to let me stop. And now of course, looking back, I'm so thankful because she, she knew I had a lot of talent and love for it. So she's like, I don't think you should, you know, I think you'll regret that. And of course, you know, she was right. And by the time I was 17, I was back into with a, with another teacher who really opened my eyes to new aspects of music that I actually, I just had not seen or heard. And that was when I first realized, okay, I have to go into music. If I don't study this, I'm going to regret it. And I didn't really see past a year, to be honest, like all I knew is I had to do it, but I was young enough to where I didn't have a lot of forethought. on like, where is this going to take me? Mm -hmm. And then by the time I got to my third year of college was when I really, okay, I really want to become, you know, I want this to be my life. I want to be a pianist. That's amazing. (laughs) It was so cool. I mean, the experience of being in music school was amazing. It's so different, I feel like, than a lot of other things that are studied because in music school, you're always doing what you love. Where sometimes I feel like I hear, you know, somebody studying something, but until they get into the field, they're not really applying it. Uh, But in music, like you're there to perform, you're there to to play and to collaborate with other musicians you hear music like I'd go to the practice hall and it'd be like you know probably 30 rooms and they weren't very well insulated 
So it was just this like cacophony of music, like coming from all directions. And then you'd find your room and you do your thing. And so it was just an amazing, really amazing experience. I'm totally hijacking this because we're supposed to be talking about riding bikes. We can talk about music all but day. I'm long. really, I mean, I'm just so I'm I'm curious because like being a pro, a professional piano player and a professional cyclist, like looking at it and thinking about where those spaces overlap is intriguing. Um mm. so yeah. If it's, I would say the discipline or like that's a huge part of it. Yes, definitely. The discipline. Uh, I mean, going my first year as a music I, musician in college, I was very undisciplined and just hadn't learned how to pre- or had lost good habits, you know, being a, through my teenage years and had to relearn everything. And by the time I was in my master's degree, I was practicing, you know, six hours a day, collaborating with musicians going to classes. So super focused, super driven, and just knew how to give the time every day and know that I wasn't going to see this huge progress every day. It was just going to be all these little, little steps. Um, and so definitely that translated to being a cyclist in that I just had to do it every day and not every ride is going to be amazing. There's going to be so many rides where I didn't really want to go but I was always thankful I did. And it always helped me, you know, just gradually build um, stronger and stronger. So that's definitely a correlation. Um, I'm still kind of trying to figure out other, other ways they relate. Uh, it's, it's a bit abstract, I'd say, but, you know, there's a lot of things to take in, in the Peloton. There's so many, you're, you're thinking about your teammates, where they are. You've got, you know, over a hundred other women around you, you have this course that's crazy turning twisty up down through cobbled streets. So there's so many stimulations coming in at you. And in music, that's true too. You are, you know, you're listening to the sound that you're creating with 10 fingers and you have your pedals and your voicing and you're bringing out this note and this note. And then, you know, you want to put more weight here or less weight here. And you're always thinking about the overarching um, structure of a piece and what are you doing with this melody? How does it relate with this melody? How is the audience going to receive this? Like, how are you going to present this to them so that they have the full, um, they experience the full effect of the piece. And so with cycling too, you know, you're taking in so many things and you're always thinking about the final outcome. You're thinking about what you have to do to get there. So I do think as far as just being able to absorb that much information and do something with it and not just be like, oh, this is too much, you know, overload. I do think there's a correlation there as well. That what makes you a good domestique. Yeah, maybe, right? Yeah. I mean, with chamber music, which is, you know, two or more musicians, you're always thinking about the other person and listening to them. And it's very much like a dance. You're working together seamlessly. And as a domestique, you, you know, you really need to learn your, the way your leader rides in a way that you can help them as seamlessly as possible. Take them up to the front, do all these little things for them so that they get to, you know, X point having expended so little energy, but you did it in such a good way that you're done, you know? So, yeah. So was Unbound, sorry, back to gravel. <laughs> 
but yeah, this no, is making me, all of this is making me think about that. Um, was that your first gravel event or was, had you raced gravel before? No, I'd raced gravel before. So I started racing gravel fall of, uh, I, I think 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And then I did, I did just local stuff, um, with this group called spinistry and he puts on really good races that are really well done, but also relaxed and small. So it was a really good learning, um, opportunity for me. So I did quite a few races in the fall and the spring. And then of course, once everything shut down, I couldn't do anything. Uh, and then my first, like my, my biggest one so far has definitely been unbound. Um, but then gravel locos, I had done two weeks before you won, you won that race. I did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, because that was was uh, a great one. And there was a gravel growler. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I saw an article where it said that you uh, compared unbound to childbirth. Yeah. (laughs) Especially just finished. You're like, my gosh, (laughs) that was something else. I mean, it's a there's, you know, it was so difficult and so drawn out, you know, and, and in a way, yeah, I'm in control of my bike and I can stop, but sort of, you can't really, cause you're in the middle of nowhere. So you just got to keep going until you get to the end. And I mean, when you, when you're having a child, it's, it's super intense, but also it's like, you don't really have control over it. It's just happening. And you just, you just got to do it till it's done. You know, so, and it's, yeah, a huge physical feat. And so is Inbound, definitely. <laughs> it was, done. I was wiped out. <laughs> yeah. There was no stopping. You just keep going. And there's no baby at the end, just a lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but there was, it was great. The finish is awesome. Just coming down that stretch and everybody's there cheering. And Christy, you were there and it was so cool. So, and my teammates were there. It was, it was super emotional. I almost started to cry. I was just like, oh, I'm done. And all these great people are here. This is awesome. So well, I'm cool. glad you had a good experience and you had a great day. So that's also yeah. really fun. If people don't know you came with her cool. at that event. Yeah. So top top. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was it? What's it like to go from where you're racing you know, in the Peloton where you're the domestique to like, you're, it's you, it's all about you out there on the, especially these mm-hmm. big long events. Like I think gravel locust was at 150 mm-hmm. miles and then 150 two or so. Yeah. And then you've got the over 200 unbound, like what's different there? Well, I, so I love being a domestique for sure. It's a lot of satisfaction for me to do that, but definitely like the opportunity to go into a gravel race and just race for me is also really cool because of course, before I was on Tibco, that's basically what I did was I just raced for me. Cause I, I had a few teammates, but m- most of the time I went to races by myself. So yeah, there's a lot of satisfaction. It's really freeing. You know, you just go like kind of let yourself just go with what's happening around you and you're not having to think about other teammates. You're just focused on yourself and how to do the best job you can uh, so I, I love it. I was watching, I was following you guys' um, trip over to Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you guys had to pull out of that, correct? We did. That was, yeah, sadly. We, it was, it was a tough, it was a really tough week. It was so cool because, I mean, it's Italy. 
So mm-hmm. of course is gorgeous. I hadn't, I'd actually only been to Italy for, I think two days when we came for Strata last year, but we had to leave um, in the spring because that's when they were shutting everything down. So this time to come back and, you know, the atmosphere is really cool. Everybody's excited to have you there. And we took the TTT, the first stage, we raced it together so well. Our communication was so good. So we started out on a really, you know, really high note, very happy with it. Um, but then, you know, between Deanna and I got really sick um, with, I had a head cold and then some of the other teammates started to get sore throats and then some of the others just weren't like feeling great. So it kind of started like the mood started to dampen a little bit, but nonetheless, it's, it was so cool. Like, even though the last stage I could barely breathe, I was like, I'm still enjoying this. I'm still going to do it. I'm going to still go as hard as I can and just soak it up, get the experience. Cause is the, is the, the TIPCO team, is it, is it fairly new or no? Cause I don't, I'm not aware. TIPCO? Yeah. No, it's Has actually it the longest, oh, great. yeah, longest running women's professional team in North America. Oh, nice. Nice. See, you learn something new. Every yeah. Time. I want to say it's going to be like, not accurate, but at least 12 years. Nice. It's been around for a while. Yeah. And who, who are the owners and lead coach of that? So Linda Jackson is the founder of the team. Nice. Yeah. And Right now, we've had for the last three years, Rachel Heal, or Hederman is her married name as our director, and she has a little boy, Killian, who actually comes to the races with her, and her husband, Adrian, is the mechanic. Oh, cool. Yeah. Family affair. (laughs) Yeah, it's really neat how that worked out for them. Well, it was interesting watching your, your journey back and getting stuck at the hotel and not able to see your daughter. I was like, I was feeling so sorry for you. I was like, oh I was too. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I, I guess I find for me with social media, what I really love about it is uh, just the, con- the personal connections with everybody on there. And so I also love to give back in sharing, you know, when I'm struggling with something or what's happening. And during that point, like I, I was 100% certain I was going to be stuck there for two weeks. Weeks, ah. quarantining in a hotel room. Um, and then we got our negative tests back and were able to leave within a day. And I was like, whoa, cool. This is awesome. <laughs> so we were all safe, you know, healthy, clean, um, able to get back onto our flights and get home, which was wonderful. Oh man, that would have been so hard. Just, yeah. Especially with your daughter and husband at home. So that was, that was, that was fun to watch. I mean, not fun to watch initially, but then you're like, sweet. She gets to go home. So. Yeah. She made it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> how do you balance like motherhood and cause how is your daughter five? She's six, six. Uh-huh. Uh, so how do you, how do you do, do that balance of motherhood and racing professionally and just all the pieces that come with that, right? Like you get some flexibility in your schedule, but then also you could be gone for long periods of time and have to be really selfish right. with your training and stuff. Yeah. It's, I feel like I still don't have it nailed down. That's for sure. And it's kind of a constantly evolving thing. You know, it's, it's cha- I mean, children change so quickly. Um, and especially the first two years 
it's like every week they're different. So it's always been fluctuating and it's always been adjusting and always figuring out what's working now. But I mean, I think one of the most important things for me is the support I have. So my husband has always been really supportive in all the time I've been racing. I have never, ever heard him say like one negative thing about, oh, you know, me being gone for three weeks and he's working and he's taking care of Marika and he's bringing her to school and he's trying to ride his bike. And he never, he's never complained once, which, you know, to me, so I never have this unsettled feeling like, oh no, I should really be home. Cause he's never, ever made me feel that way at all. Uh, so that's huge, you know, having that encouragement and that peace that comes from your partner, just completely supporting you. And my in-laws actually live about nine miles away. And so my mother-in-law has watched Marika since she was a baby. And that's another way too. So like if my husband's working, of course he can't bring her to work. So then she'll watch Marika and they're best buds, like definitely best friends. So Marika loves going to Oma's house and Oma loves taking care of Marika. So I feel a lot of peace when I go somewhere because I know she's so loved and she's so happy. You know, she misses me, but it's not like a crying on the phone every night, missing kind of me, you know, it's, you know, I'll see you when I get back, but I'm having a great time with Oma. So yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest thing for me is the support. Yeah. I can't, that would have, you'd have to have that to make that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then I guess I ha I have been a lot better about learning how to say no to extra things. Mm. Um, you know, I, it's not easy for me to do that, to say no to, you know, this event or, you know, going to hang out. And I, I try to be careful because I do still, you know, want to be a friend and have my friends and hang out but I'm better about planning when. So if I know I have two months of racing and I'm in and out every other week, then I just plan it. Okay. You know, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be done racing in the fall. Let's get together then. So I've been better about doing that versus, Oh no. Yeah. I think I can fit it in this weekend, the day before I leave for three weeks. So yeah, that's helped a lot. Just being able to say no. Yeah. That's a huge, I, I hope that this past year has taught a lot of us just to say no a lot more. Yeah. We're actually happier when we put boundaries and balance our lives. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You don't feel any resentment, you know, but then it's you having said yes, that created that situation. So then you just end up feeling complicated, but yeah, just, just having more space and more time. And it's so important to create time to do nothing and just relax and watch a show or read a book. And not having to be busy all the time. Yeah, exactly. I'm still not that great at that. But. <laughs> I, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. I'm getting better at it though. Yeah. There's many times now where I'm like, ah, nothing to do. This is great. This is going to be okay. Get my glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. I have, I've been living with my brother and sister-in-law and they have a, a my five-year-old niece, um, and it is kind of nice because there's like a separation in the day, you know, like they have dinner pretty early mm-hmm. and then, you know, like there's not that much time before she gets ready for bed. So it's usually like playing a game or taking dogs for a walk or playing outside with her. And I'm like, usually I would have like worked until 
dinner, which I was like, crap, I forgot to make dinner, (laughs) making dinner and then trying to like, you know, do three things at the same time or needing to do something on my house. So I'm like, oh, you actually can just like do nothing in the evening and it's fine. Right. Right. I know. Isn't it funny how we just get to where we feel this like self-imposed pressure to do stuff all the time where we don't, we can just chill out sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Does she does she ride bikes or play the piano or both? She will start piano lessons once I'm done racing this fall because I need to be able to see her every, well, I always see her every day, but give her a lesson like one to two times a week. Um, so I will start her in that now that she can read and um, she does bike. She's actually had a strider, been on a strider since she was like nearly three. And then transition to um, regular bike with actual training wheels just to figure out the whole pedaling thing. And then now she's on a regular bike, which she That's loves. Awesome. She's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, actually, I a- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have a tandem bike too. That's our favorite thing. So I have a tandem attachment for my gravel bike. So we can also go on gravel or up and down some grassy hill, whatever we feel like. And we go on that a lot and we'll do sometimes two hours, two and a half hours on it. And she's just back there, you know, hair in the breeze. She's got a helmet on, but she's got this long blonde hair sticking out and having a great time. It's okay. so fun. That's well, what do you have coming up next? Cause you're at rooted right now. Mm-hmm. And then you've got some more stuff coming up. I do. Yes. So then I go back home and then I head to Vegas actually for a sponsorship event. And then straight from there to steamboat. So then I'll do steamboat and then I'm home again and I have Joe Martin and then uh, I think I go from Joe Martin to Ardèche, France. Oh, nice. So then I'll be, yeah. So I'll be there for the seven day stage race and then I come back and I do the Gila. Oh, wow. Yeah. I always wanted to do the Gila. It looks really cool. <laughs> it is so cool. I, I like, that's when one of my races I've really wanted to come back to this year it's just like a really cool experience. The, the landscape is awesome. Um, the town is really cool. It's kind of like a funky, edgy Santa Fe. <laughs> so not, not the tourist level of it, which is, is kind of nice, but the artsy, so but just artsy definitely. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, um, we will see you at steamboat. We'll be there. Awesome. Um, Good. Doing some, doing some life coverage. So we're excited. Yeah, we'll about tag that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll chase you down. We'll find you. Awesome. <laughs> so, Do, yes. camera. <laughs> Maybe we'll have a piano with us. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Put can you put a piano in the van, Christy? Just like... <laughs> I could put a keyboard in the van, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I, I have like mentioned that to like our mechanic. Hey, why don't we just get a keyboard and pop it in the truck? And we can take it out and I can play it whenever. Would be so, so we'll see. For Maybe we'll go for really that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love that idea. Well, if people want to follow your adventures on social media, where can they find you? Yeah. So it's just Emily Joy Newsome. Really easy awesome. on Instagram. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll see a picture of you with an maple creamy. On a yes. Podium on Instagram. When this ah, comes yeah. Out. That'd be so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. Make sure you tell Ted and Laura hi, because both of us wish we could be out there. I know. Tell them we're sad we're not there. Yeah, we're super (laughs) sad. Yeah, I will tell them. Nice. 
I will tell them for sure. Well, good luck. Well, well thank we'll, you very much. We'll, we'll let everybody know how you did. Sounds good. It was so nice to talk to y'all. <laughs> you too. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.